Hello and welcome to another instalment of CSO Executive Sessions Australia. I'm Ed Kennedy, the editor of CSO Australia, and I'm very pleased to be joined today by Dr. Kevin Tham, CISO at Etica. Kevin, welcome. Hi, Ed. Thanks, and it's great to be here. To start, can you tell us a little about your role? Thank you so much. I'm the Chief Information Security Officer of Attica, uh, which is a financial services um, organization that provides ethical lending to the um, public. Uh, as the Chief Information Security Officer, I'm responsible for information security within the organization, uh, which ranges from cyber risks all the way to the technical security controls. What can you share with us about Etica's current goals in the cybersecurity space? Etica is uh, fully focused on ethical lending. So we believe that transparency is a very key component of what we do and that it actually flows into uh, information security. So a lot of our focus is on data protection and also a clear and transparent way of how we actually handle our customer data. Um, that is our number one uh, focus, but also to actually look into the landscape of cyber risks and be able to manage it to an acceptable level where we can actually operate effectively, but also safely for our customers. 2023, of course, follows a very, very eventful one for cybersecurity in 2022. How would you reflect on the year that was? 2022 has been really interesting. Um, it actually sort of, uh, we saw a, 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 a vast uh, sort of escalation of data breaches occurring throughout the year. Um, and then a increase of focus on um, security, uh, be it from the public and also from the government, whom you can also see over the course of the years, um, um, an increase in focus from the government. Um, and unfortunately, they were forced to react in a lot of cases um, as the data breaches got larger throughout the year whereby they actually needed to fast track a bit of the legislation um, that's not just the, the, you know, it's not just that portion, you know, we do see a lot of, um, a lot more government support coming up now, which is good. And a lot more engagement from the government with regards to all these data breaches itself. How do you see 2023 shaping up in the months ahead for cybersecurity? 2023 is going to be a continuation, unfortunately, and fortunately from, uh, 2022, the unfortunate part is um, we're going to see bigger and more severe uh, data breaches. Now, when I say severe, it doesn't mean that it's going to be a bigger data breach, but we're talking about more severe as in um, the consequence of um, the information that's going to be leaked. This will then be, um, you know, we will then see a lot more of uh, enforcements of the legislation that has been passed through by the government, um, which will, you know, start, we will start seeing some legal proceedings, I would imagine, uh, that's going to happen uh, from the, you know, uh, uh, from these uh, cases. 
Um, we will also hopefully we're going to see a lot more support from the government in terms of um, better engagement with the industry um, and also better support in terms of services that will help uh, industry um, navigate this particular um, situation as well. So, yeah, unfortunately, more data breaches, more severe ones, um, but hopefully with uh, more support from the government. When it comes to the cybersecurity landscape, what pleases you about its present positioning? Certainly, focus and publicity of these data breaches has um, been a good push for a lot of security professionals. Um, why I would say that mainly is because I think for the longest time, security has been a, a cost to an organization, a cost for an issue that wasn't visible. Um, you know, a lot of organizations have to deal with uh, insurance, for example, for you know, particular sort of uh, situations that may or may not happen. Um, but, you know, one of the uh, interesting angle is that there is more publicity. However, this is also a double-edged sword. Um, more publicity doesn't always mean, um, you know, better outcomes. It does. Uh, it does cause a bit of a reactionary uh, situation for a lot of organizations as well. So, I think um, that's one area. The other one is um, if we're talking about solutions uh, or technical solutions from a security uh, vendor landscape. Um, what's actually pleasing is that we're starting to see a lot more vendors start consolidating solutions, um, be it you know in internal innovations or uh, acquisitions within the uh, industry. Um, we are starting to see vendors starting to uh, look more into security solutions and not just point controls, um, which actually does reduce the complexity of security tools, um, you know, that SISO actually has to deal with within their organization. What work do you think remains to be done surrounding the Australian cybersecurity landscape? What concerns you at present? There is a level of maturity um, that needs to be had within the industry or the companies and organizations within Australia, um, specifically the better understanding of what uh, we are facing uh, from a security perspective. There is a lot of focus at the moment from a security uh, threat perspective or cyber threat perspective, which is you know, a reaction to, you know, a lack of work that needed to be done in the first place, um, but is also causing a lot of um, additional overheads uh, that's actually um, quite uh, strenuous for the various security teams within um, Australia. So, you know, when we talk about maturity, we're talking about um, stop, uh, stopping organizations um, from actually uh, reacting um, and being less reactive and more proactive to um, dealing with the uh, the landscape that we have to deal with as well. Um, and this actually comes with actually understanding the cyber risk or the actual business risk um, cybersecurity poses to the organization, rather than looking at the various threats that's actually happening or the latest data breach that could be happening as well. 
So a lot of maturity needs to be had uh, on that level. And also from a security professional perspective, a lot more of the language needs to be lifted um, so that um, you know, senior management, uh, including company directors, better understand uh, the problem set. Um, so there's a bit of articulation or better articulation or more mature articulation that needs to be um, uh, had with the security professionals as they um, communicate this uh, with the various parts of the organization. Kevin, I understand you've a particular professional interest within cybersecurity surrounding the maintenance and enhancement of communication between CISOs and the border level. So just as all folks here in our conversation today can surely appreciate the importance of these matters, can you share some further details regarding what informs your interest specifically? As mentioned before, I think moving the security professionals to be less reactionary or even organizations to be less reactionary requires a level of discussion uh, that talks about uh, risks that could be happening within the organization or, or the risks that the organization faces. Now, this is an interesting um, aspect because it is not an easy one to be had, um, mainly because of a lot of the output, quote unquote, the noise that's actually happening with all the various large data breaches that Australia has seen recently. So what happens is that you will have senior management asking very pointed questions to security professionals in terms of how they are protected against um, similar data breaches. But at the same time, um, there is a level of um, fatigue that can be had from these kind of pointed questions. We've had several really large data breaches already within Australia, which actually has created um, you know, a lot of additional work for security professionals to deal with, from reporting to understanding what controls they have, all the way down to the nitty gritty of what libraries you know, we might be using within the organization of which is actually quite difficult um, to, to answer. Um, you know, as much as I like to believe that we can answer um, that really, really minute library that we might be utilizing within uh, the organization, it is actually a, a monumental task um, to actually answer that question. So there is a lot of um, work that needs to be had uh, on both ends to then start articulating it from a controls perspective, understanding what are the controls that an organization needs to have. Um, the key word here is needs to have, not already has, um, and also how effective the current controls are actually working as well. Now, these are things that then feeds into what the risk posture is for the organization or what risk that you're trying to avoid. Um, and risk is always a, you know, part science, part art, and something that really needs to be um, better, you know, discussed within the organization. Um, and if we actually start from, you know, we as a security professional start from asking ourselves, how does an organization make money? Um, we actually, you know, already moved halfway towards the organization of going, okay, if we know the organization is going to hurt 
from a revenues perspective, because this particular threat has occurred, then having that conversation with your senior management becomes a lot, um, a lot easier. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the communication of this is, is very important. And whilst it sounds like it's really wide and varying, I think one of the biggest things here is that uh, we already have a solution or a framework of how we actually articulate this to our various senior management, including um, company directors as well. And that's all centered within, within the information security management system. Uh, and often referenced framework that a lot of security professionals um, point to when they're doing compliance, but not something that they use on a day-to-day -day basis. I think there is a missed opportunity here for these organizations or these security professionals on utilizing this particular framework to better articulate or better have a much better, more mature discussion with their various senior management. Kevin, I know we both recognize the discussion of dialogue between CISOs and the board is indeed a very complex issue. One that requires a discussion of the theory, certainly, but also one that benefits from a focus on the practical aspects too. So can you share with us what concrete steps you feel organizations should consider factoring in as it pertains to improving communication between CISOs and the board? Very often boards will be reading a lot of our publication, um, you know, from Forbes to Wall, you know, Wall Street Journal to SMH to CSO online, and they will see articles, um, you know, very often, especially the really large data breaches. Now, and what would happen is that they will immediately ask the question, how does this apply to our organization? Now, if this is actually a very long sort of process to get to, and to be able to answer that question, you should have already have had a position, a cyber risk position with the board of directors in terms of what you're doing versus the kind of threats or risks that the organization actually faces. Now, if you actually have that baseline, it becomes a much easier discussion because you will then be able to go, well, this is how it relates to the risk of the organization. Um, and this is what we're doing with regards to that particular risk. Now, this is where we go into the fact that you actually need to have board engagement more often than not. I know not many people have the luxury of having direct access to their board of directors very often, but it is something that we need to position whether directly with the board of directors or into your various risk committees, um, you know, as a position of what cyber risk is or your cyber risk profile is for the organization. If you don't have that um, discussion, that should be your first step um, and actually get everyone on board into understanding the language that you will be using. Now, the language will not be technical. Uh, it should not be technical. However, when you actually talk about it from a risk perspective, again, a forward-speaking or forward-looking statement about how a threat may impact an organization. 
is very important. And once you've actually established that, then having that conversation with a board or your senior management becomes a lot easier. Um, if you're lucky, you will get to see them maybe once every two months, maybe once a quarter, maybe once every six months. But if there is a risk management committee that you can inject yourself into, there is always going to be a proper reporting metric that will be fronted to the senior management and also the board of directors as well. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done. It is not a simple first introduction to who your board of directors is, or conversely, this is the introduction to who your CISO is and immediately be able to answer a question specifically when a data breach has already occurred. So there's a lot of homework that needs to be done. What insights would you share specifically with cybersecurity professionals keen to learn more from another professional in their field? Specifically, when we're talking about interaction with senior management and also the board of directors, I would draw the very distinct line of stop chasing threats. I think that is the number one thing we really need to do. And, and it's actually doing a disservice to a lot of uh, senior security professionals mainly because you will be reactionary to absolutely everything that's going to be occurring. So that would be my number one thing, that you need to actually stop chasing threats and understanding what risks are within the organization. There's a lot of homework that needs to be done for a security professional. So putting together your information security management system that ties into your cyber risk profile and also ties back down to your technical controls is absolutely paramount to what we do and what we do so that we stop being reactionary to what's happening around us. Now, I'm not saying that the, you know, the ISMS, um, as I would call it, is going to be perfect. It's not, um, you know, at least it is a framework that you can actually evolve over time as and when you see gaps. It then also then ties back to the fact that you can actually report on a benchmark for your organization um, and not having to compare yourself, whatever your organization might be, with a much larger organization or a much smaller organization. And there are a lot of varying parts of uh, what happens in data breaches and how it gets reported. But if you actually have a benchmark like your ISMS, you can avoid a lot of that difficult, you know, conversion conversation with your management. And with that last question, that brings us to the end of this conversation here. Thank you to those in our audience and Kevin, a special thanks to you for taking part in this chat. Thanks, Ed. It's uh, fantastic to be here. Just as this has been a great conversation here, please keep an eye out for another instalment soon of CSO Executive Sessions Australia.